Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. I go to the house of God, and when I go to the house of God, I'm not going to be fake, I'm going to be apostolic. And when I go, I'm going to know that I've been in the presence of God, worshiping the King of kings and Lord of lords, and they can come get me if they want to come get me, but at the end of the day, I'm going to worship God in spirit and in truth. I've come to preach you this morning at the end of 2020. Don't let 2020 dictate how you're going to live the rest of your life. Make up in your mind this morning. I'm going forward in Jesus. I'm breaking through this. I may have to go through it right now, but I've learned to swim in the deep waters, and I'm going through in Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother Life, come take your liberty. We're so glad to have you with us today. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. I bring greetings from Pharaoh Bashir in Kentucky and uh, all the other pharaohs that are trying to hold the church down. But we're going to make it. Praise God. It's good to be home with my mom and dad. Uh, Christmas is different this year. Uh, we'll celebrate with my brother in his front yard here later this afternoon, hopefully. And, uh, you know, it's just been different. I saw I saw a picture this morning that said, is anybody else a little disturbed that the name of next year is literally 2021? And uh, I'm not going to let 2020 win. I'm going to have church. Yes, yes. So uh, it's been a challenge. There's been some frustrations this year, but in the end, the church is going to be all right. Yes. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to hurry this morning. Mamas still have the ability to give stern talkings to. And at 39 years old, my mom said, look, kid. Church is an hour long. Don't be going along. Don't be going a long time. She said the roast is in the crock pot, and I went out of church at a decent time. So, not going to waste a lot of time. But it's good to be home with friends and family. Thankful for what I feel in the presence of the Lord this morning. Thankful to live for God in this day and age. Praise God. You have to bear with me. I'm preaching off a borrowed iPad and a borrowed Bible. Because I didn't realize, I didn't, I didn't put two and two together that when we registered for church, Brother Rice would see I was coming in town. And uh, so I didn't come prepared. And God still has given me a word so we're see where see where we go with it. Book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. I promise I'm going somewhere. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac, Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Perez and Zerah of Tamar, and Perez begat Ezram, and Ezram begat Aram. Skipping down through a few generations, verse 12 says, And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begat Salathiel, and Salathiel begat Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begat Abiud. And Abiud beget Eliakim, and Eliakim beget Azor. Azor beget Sadak, and Sadak beget Achim, and Achim beget Eliad, 
Eliad beget Eleazar, Eleazar beget Mathen, Mathen beget Jacob, Jacob beget Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. So I preached to you for a few moments this morning on, on this title. Your breakthrough is coming. Your breakthrough is coming. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you lift your hands to heaven? And let's pray this morning. Father, we love you. God, we give you glory and we give you honor and we give you all the praise. Lord, you are holy and you are worthy of everything we can give you. There is no word like your word, God, and there's nobody like you. You're the almighty. You are great and worthy to be praised. God, I pray that you bless this service. Bless those that are here. Bless those that are watching. I pray that you help us today, God. Let us follow after you. And I pray there be a move of the Holy Ghost in this place. In the precious name of Jesus. God, we give you the glory, the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Would you clap your hands as you're seated in Jesus' name. Praise God. You can be seated. You'll, you'll understand where I went with my text here in just a little while. Not too long, Mom, but just a little while. Because in Genesis chapter 38, we read the story of Judah backsliding. It's in Genesis 38 that it says that it came to pass at that time that Judah went down from his brethren and turned into a certain Adulamite whose name was Ira. Judah left his brethren. He left the home of his father. He left the place that he was born and raised. He left everything that he had known. He left everything he had been taught. And he went down and he got connected to an Adulamite. You read anybody in the Bible that leaves the church or leaves God's house, the Bible always says that they went down from where they left. If you read of the man that, that falls on the side of the road and is the good Samaritan comes to him, it says he went down from Jerusalem. I think it's important to understand right off the bat that any time you leave the truth and any time you leave the house of God, you never ascend into greatness. You always go down. Every road out of the church leads down. Every road out of God's presence leads down. There is no ascension from God's presence. And 2020's taught us a lot this year. Right? I, I, you almost want to choke because at the beginning of the year, all you heard is 2020, the year of vision. And I'm going to have 2020 vision this year. And I can't wait for 2020 to be hindsight. Because I'm ready for something else to start. But, you know, it's been one of those things that we have got our whole world wrapped up in 2020. And then all of a sudden, 2020 showed itself. In 2020, we learned for the first time in history that we don't need entertainment to sustain ourselves. In 2020, we learned for the first time in history that we don't need professional sports to sustain ourselves. In 2020, we learned that Hollywood really don't have to keep going in order for life to continue. In 2020, we learned that the government's not going to be our friend. We learned that the, these people that we put into office really don't have our best interest in mind. We've learned that you can go to Walmart and you can be fine, but you can't go to a small business. We've learned that you can go to Walmart, but you shouldn't go to church. We are dealing with the most educated virus in humankind that it knows when you're going to Walmart, but it also knows when you're going to church. 
it knows the difference. It knows the difference of when you're out and when you're not. It, it can tell if you're eating in a restaurant or if you're eating in a tent out in the parking lot. It, it's, it's very educated. And we're dealing with this in 2020. But we've learned that the things of this world won't be the things that get us through to the next year. The things of this world won't be the thing that help us suffice ourselves. It won't be the ones that sustain us. But we have learned absolutely and unequivocally we have learned that a person cannot go without the church. We have learned that a person cannot go without the presence of God. We have learned that a person cannot go without reading their Bible daily. We have learned a person can't go without praying to God. We've learned that you can't go without entering into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So I, I'm sorry. I don't care what Pritzker says. I don't care what Bashir says, Newsom, or any of these other quacks that we put in as governors. I go to the house of God. And when I go to the house of God, I'm not going to be fake. I'm going to be apostolic. And when I go, I'm going to know that I've been in the presence of God, worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and they can come get me if they want to come get me. But at the end of the day, I'm going to worship God in spirit and in truth. I've had men that I know put in jail over this truth this year. Never thought I would have seen it in America. Locked up in jail over preaching the God's word. I've got a friend in California. The cops have been to his service eight times this year. Threatening to throw him in jail. Never once had the guts to do it. But never once has he quit having church. They told him, just go outside and have a parking lot service. You can have church. So he did. They showed up to measure the cars. He said, if you're going to come when I'm in the parking lot, I'm going to go back in the church. It's cold outside. He went online for a week to, to tell him, hey, I'll do what you said. And while he was preaching, a young lady walked in off the streets and said, I heard you preaching out in the parking lot. Can you baptize me in Jesus' name? I know a man thrown in jail for preaching the truth has baptized over 300 people since he got out of jail this year. Because what 2020 has taught us is every road outside of the church goes down. But when you're in the church, everything looks up. So we read about Judah in chapter 38. And in chapter 38, we read Judah backslides. Worshipper. The praiser. The leader. The one that people look to. Because when his dad blessed his brother and he said, Judah, you're the one that your brothers are going to look to. You're going to be the lion's whelp. You're going to be the leader of this group. But Judah backslid in Genesis 38. He went down. Judah backslid and produced three sons, all of them evil, all of them wicked. He, produ he produced Ur, Onan, and Shelah. Ur simply means a wicked preacher. Because in a backslidden state, you can't produce the things of God. Onan was irresponsible. And it cost him his life. And Shayla simply means one who ties your hands. And there's nothing worse than a worshiper having their hands tied. 2020 has been a Shayla this year. Trying to tie the hands of the church. And we read about these three boys. And we read about their wicked lifestyles. And we read Judah 
is the father of them. Because a backslidden worship is going to produce wicked, wicked offspring. But then we read later on that Judah, again in his backslidden sinful state, is tricked by his daughter-in-law Tamar, who played the harlot and laid with him and finds out she's pregnant with twins. We're going to get to the point of this real quick because I, I feel God wanted to do something in this house. I do. We read that Tamar is pregnant with twins. And when it comes time for the babies to be born, one breaks through and sticks his arm out. And they tied the scarlet thread around its wrist to say this one was first. But when she gave birth, the other one came out first. And they said, this is a breach. There's been something happened here. And so they named the first one Ferez, simply to mean one that broke through or one that breached through. And then she had Zerah, one that simply means to shine like the sun, complete and beautiful radiance is Zerah. And we read that everybody wants to have Zara in their family. Everybody likes to hear, oh, that's a beautiful child. That's such a pretty baby. That's, nobody wants to hear, that's a baby. <laughs> nobody wants to hear, yep. <laughs> everybody wants to hear, can I hold it? You know, when you had Blakely, I'm sure you, can I hold her? She's so pretty. She's like, you don't want to say, hey, can I put a picture of her in my garden? <laughs> As a scarecrow? Perez wasn't the pretty one. He had, he had to become friends with Rachel later on in life because, I mean, with Leah later on in life because they understood. They were opposites, Perez and Zara. Zara was the pretty one. The handsome boy. He was handsome. He was the good-looking one. He had all the attributes. Kind of like me and Travis. <laughs> he was first. He's ugly. <laughs> then there's me. Chubby's, Chubby's cute. But we read about it, and nobody pays any attention to Pharaohs. Matter of fact, you don't read about Pharaohs anymore in the Old Testament. Pharaohs goes basically unnoticed through life. Zara gets all the attention because they shine like the sun. But it's in Matthew chapter 1 that Pharaohs steps on the scene. And becomes one of the most important figures that you ever read about in the Bible. I, when you came to church this morning, I bet none of you thought you were going to hear somebody preach the genealogy of Jesus Christ the day after Christmas or two days after Christmas. But I came to preach to you tonight that one of the most important scriptures you'll ever read is that Pharaoh begat his son. And the reason that it's important 
is because just nine verses later, you read in, in verse 3 it is, and Judas begat Perez and Zerah of Tamar. So Zerah makes the genealogy. But the, ver but the end of that verse says, and Perez begat Ezra, and Ezra begat Abram. And why is that important? Because later on you read that Eleazar begat Mathen, and Mathen begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Joseph, of whom was the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus. It wasn't the bright and shining star that made the genealogy of Jesus Christ. It was the one that broke through. It was the one that said, I'm not going to settle for the way life has to be right now. I'm going to break through it, and I'm going to go forward, and I'm going to make something of it. I've come to preach to you this morning at the end of 2020. Don't let 2020 dictate how you're going to live the rest of your life. Make up in your mind this morning, I'm going forward in Jesus. I'm breaking through this. I may have to go through it right now, but I've learned to swim in the deep waters, and I'm going through in Jesus Christ. I've come to preach to you today. 2020 has been a pain to deal with. But 21's coming. When I get there, I'm not going to walk into it. Like I'm timid. I'm not going to walk into it. Like I hope it's not as bad as last year. I'm walking into 21 saying, I'm going to claim the promises of God. I'm going to walk where God has told me to walk. I'm going to do what God has told me to do. And I'm going to dwell in the yay and the amen. I'm going to dwell in the promises of God. I'm not going to feast on the things of this world. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Judah backslid. It happened. It happened. I wish we could go back and rewrite Genesis and read of Judas always being in the father's house. I wish we could go back and read that Judah led his family through everything and never wavered one bit. But we can't. But in his backslidden state, he had a breakthrough. And without that breakthrough, the genealogy of Jesus would have had a glaring hole in it. But in that breakthrough, it's just a few chapters later after that breakthrough comes out that we read of Judah when his brethren are standing before Joseph in Egypt begging for food. And Joseph said, unless you leave the boy here, talking about Benjamin, the youngest brother, unless you leave the boy here, you're never going to see anything else. You'll never see your father again. You'll never have food again. You're going to die where you're at unless you leave the boy. Benjamin simply means son of my power, son of my right hand. It was Benjamin that carried the power and the promises of the family. But it was Judah, the worshiper, that stood in the gap and said, let me stay in his place. You send the power out. I'll stay here and I'll stand in his place. It was Judah. It was the worship that protects the power. And it's your worship that protects your power in God. If this church is going to have apostolic authority in 2021, it's going to be your worship that puts you in a position of power. It's going to be your worship that puts you in a position of authority. It's
it's going to be your praise that carries you to a new level. If you're going to have a new building in, in Sparta, it's going to be your worship that helps build the building. It's going to be the worship that fills the house. Hey, dude, it's not going to be long. You're going to forget about six feet apart and everybody wearing a mask. And you're going to think, I'm going to go to the house of God. Come hell or high water, I'm going to worship God. But if you're going to get there, it's going to be your worship that gets you there. Worship protects your power. You want to watch somebody backslide? You watch them stop worshiping. How many young people you see walk away from God because they quit worshiping? You lose your dance, you lose your step. You lose your song, you lose your voice. You, lift your, you, you stop raising your hands, you soon won't be able to raise your hands. Had Judah not had his breakthrough in 38, he wouldn't have been there to protect the power at the end of Genesis. Because if he hadn't had his breakthrough in 38, he wouldn't have been there in chapter 41 when Jacob blessed all of his family. It would have been somebody else that had to step up. It would have been somebody else that had to become the authority. So I've come to preach to this church on this last Sunday morning of 2020. If you're going to have the apostolic revival that you want to have and that God has declared for you to have, you got to have a breakthrough. You got to have a breakthrough in your mind. You got to have a breakthrough in your soul. And you got to have a breakthrough in this world. But Anthony, there are people looking for God. Our church has taught more Bible studies in 2020 than any other year previously that I know of. I'd love to say I taught a majority of them, but I haven't. We got people getting baptized on off nights because they want their families to be able to come see them get baptized. We baptized an attorney two weeks ago in Carrollton, good friend of mine. He wanted to get baptized on an off night because he wanted his mom and dad and grandma and grandparents to be able to be there. We obliged. We said, yeah, absolutely. It was a week later. I talked to his dad. He said, you know how I knew my son was at a good church? You all accommodated us when nobody had to. You could have said, watch it on live stream if you, want, if you don't want to come. But you all said, know what? Your family's more important than us being there. It meant so much to us. Talked to him a couple weeks later, and his son told me, he said, I think my mom and dad's going to start coming to church when this is all over. People are hungry. People want God. But people aren't looking for just another church. They can go down the street and find denominationalism. They can go down the street and find charismaticism. They can go down the street and find whatever they want. But they can't go down the street and find one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believers in the liberated power of Jesus' name. They can't find those of us that stand in the pulpit and said, this is the way, walk ye in it. 
they can't find the, the they can't find those that anymore are willing to say, "Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one." There's there's not too many churches anymore that'll say one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now they want to say, "How do you want it?" And that's how we'll give it to you. I've come to preach to you. This ain't about elevation. This ain't about Bethel. This ain't about any other charismatic church. Hilltop can go to the hills for all I care. But the apostolic church is going to stand in the last day. And when the last day comes, we're not going to bend. We're not going to bow. But we're going to boldly proclaim the name of Jesus. All because 2020 was our breakthrough. You say, how can it be a breakthrough year? How can 2020 be a breakthrough year? Because we saw everything in the world shut down. But we saw churches grow. Recent article by a Pew Research Group said, the only group in America whose mental health condition has not failed or declined severely in 2020 was those that went to church regularly. I'm not a fan of online. Not a secret. But it was the means necessary to get us through. I'm a fan of apostolic church. I like elbows rubbing together. I like sweat flying in the altar. I like running, jumping. Breathing hard is a normal thing for a chubby guy like myself. But I like to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords unapologetically, unequivocally. Nobody else wondering what's going on. I want them to, I want people that walk into an apostolic church to look with big eyes wondering why in the world are they acting that way. And I think the apostolic church in America is about at that point that they're about ready to say, you know what? Forget it. Suicide rates are going up in America. Divorce rates are going up in America. It's sad, but you lock a man and a woman in a home with nowhere to go and nothing to do, and they got to eat each other's cooking and do each other's honeydew list, and divorce rates are going up in America. Kids are driving parents crazy. The only hope this country has is the word of Jesus Christ and the apostolic church. We might as well have a breakthrough. So we're living in the last days. If you don't believe that yet, I promise you we're living in the last days. We need a breakthrough. We need a breakthrough. I, I know for a fact in Carrollton, more people have read their Bible through this year than any other year of Bible reading in our church. We've baptized several. We've had good moves of the Holy Ghost. But we need a breakthrough. We got people that are coming in our altars and praying for the Holy Ghost that haven't broke through yet. We've been preaching about a breakthrough for months back home. But I've come to preach to you in Sparta, Illinois. The, the breakthrough I feel in Kentucky is the same breakthrough I feel in Southern Illinois. We just need an apostolic church that's going to stand up and say, we're pushing through this thing. We're good. We may be stacked against us, and the governor may not want us here, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Let's have a breakthrough. Let's have a breakthrough. Let's have a breakthrough. Stand with me this morning as I turn the service back over to your pastor. 
We need a breakthrough in the apostolic church. We need a breakthrough in this world. And if there's going to be a breakthrough in this world, it's going to happen from you and me and this church praying more than we've ever prayed, reading more than we've ever read, worshiping harder than we've ever worshiped, and giving God more than we've ever gave. It's my sincere desire that the next time I walk in this church, it'll be a miracle there's ground broke on a new building by the time I come back I don't know when it'll be probably whenever my governor lets me leave the state again but I want to see a brand, I want to see a new building I want to see a non-socially distanced building that has people getting the Holy Ghost during song service people getting the Holy Ghost during offering where you can pass the offering plate and you can move freely 2020 has been what it is but greater times are coming 2020 has been hard on all of us I've had it, I've been through it, I've done it I've got, I'm the only one in my church that don't have a t-shirt I think that says I survived it but at the end of the day I made it mom you made it our families have made it. Now let's have revival. Let's go into great things. Let's go higher than we've ever gone. Let's go deeper than we've ever gone. Let's swim harder than we've ever swam. But at the end of the day, let's have revival. Why don't you lift your hands all over this house? Let's worship him. Hey, there's only so much that this man can do. There's only so much that preaching can do for you. But there is something so powerful about a response to the Word of God. And he's done what he can do. He's been behind this pulpit trying to pull, trying to pull us out of the pit. And if we'll just respond right now, throw your hands up in the air and begin to worship God, I believe that God can send us out of this year with a miracle such as we have never experienced before. But it's going to take a whole lot more than just hearing the word. It's going to take responding to the word this morning. your response what will your response be right now if you need something from God and you feel like falling to your knees and praying or you want to throw your hands up in the air but I admonish you right now the moment is now the moment is upon us it is here it is for us today but you must reach out you must not be afraid to reach out and do your part to receive the miracle that God wants to provide for you and your family in this moment. What will your response be? Will you lay back and let another get ahead of you? Will you lay back and another, another miracle be birthed? Somebody else take the spot that was meant for you? Are you willing to fight for what you know God wants for you? Are you willing to fight for that wayward child? Are you willing to fight for that relationship? Are you willing to fight for the Holy Ghost? 
Are you willing to fight for the miracle of your healing that you need in your body today? Are you just going to sit back and do nothing while somebody else gets your blessing? Very few moments are we met with the spirit of anointing like this upon this place right now. Don't let it slip past you today. Draw your hand from the presence of God that's trying to reach you in this moment right now. He's here in this moment for you. Come on, don't depend upon the right song to play. Don't depend upon the right word to be spoken. It's up to you. It's up to you to receive the breakthrough. You're going to have to struggle a little bit. You're going to have to fight for it a little bit. Fall on your knees and cry a few tears. And I'm promising you this right now. It'll be worth every tear that you cried. It's going to be worth every heartache that you suffered. Oh, when that child comes back before the Lord, when that husband or that wife falls on their knees and begin to pray, when that neighbor you've been praying for walks into this place and asks for them to be baptized in Jesus' name, it's going to be worth it. Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.